Are you ready to take full control of your physical, emotional, and spiritual health? Are you ready to experience great success in your life? Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. will teach you the tools and strategies to help you take control of your health and inspire you to live your best life. Now here is your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, M.D. Well, hello and welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. This is a show designed to inform and inspire you to a healthier lifestyle. I am your host, Diane A. Thompson, M.D., and as always, it is my pleasure spending time with you on this broadcast with a goal that perhaps you will learn something new that will improve your health and your life. I would like to remind you that the information contained in this broadcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended for diagnosis or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider before making any changes to your health. Now, we've all had situations where people have done us wrong. This include our spouses, parents, friends, or even strangers. And on many levels, we know that forgiving them is one of the best things we can do for ourselves, yet it seems to be one of the most difficult things to do. My guest today will help us learn how to forgive for good. Dr. Fred Leskin has a Ph.D. in counseling and health psychology from Stanford University. He is currently the co-founder and director of the Stanford University Forgiveness Project. He is also the author of actually my favorite book on the subject of forgiveness, which is Forgive for Good, a proven prescription for health and happiness. Dr. Luskin, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. Now, you know, you've spent a, a lot of time studying the subject of forgiveness. I, I know what caused me to be interested in forgiveness. I'm one of those people who struggled with it, and so far I've gotten some really good strategies. But what got you interested in the topic? I, I was actually badly hurt by a friend of mine um, a, a, quite a while ago, and he, from my point of view, just abandoned our relationship for, for no reason that I could understand, and I was just miserable. And so after a couple of years of that, um, I, my wife kind of nudged me and said, hey, Fred, you know, get, get it together. And um, the only way that I could get it together was by forgiving him. And it, it was not something that I necessarily wanted to do or even knew how to do or had even considered before, you know, being nudged like that. But um, once I did it, it just it just made my life bearable. And so that was that was the first impetus. The second was my doctoral dissertation. I had to figure out something to do as a dissertation study, so I wanted to make it something useful. So I figured if forgiveness was really challenging for me, and I didn't know what the heck to do, it was probably challenging for other people. So I did a, an actual experiment on how to train forgiveness as my dissertation. Wow. And with, with this experiment, uh, what, what so far do we know in terms of the science of forgiveness? What, what does that say about forgiveness? Well, the, the most prevalent finding from, from forgiveness science is two things. One, 
that you can teach people to do this, that it's not something esoteric or weird or just religious, that it's a, it's a, it's a human quality that can be developed. And secondly, that when you practice it, it appears to have some positive physical and mental health benefits. Now, you say it's a human quality, but I've noticed that even around me, there's some people where it just seems almost second nature, and then there are others of us where it's really a struggle. So do you, what do you think it is why, why some people are able to do it so much easier than others? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I mean, it's like asking why are some people nice human beings and others not so nice. Um, you know, some of the qualities that appear to reduce the capacity to forgive. One of them is narcissism. Like, if you know, if you believe you're the center of the universe, then it's a lot harder to to let go of stuff. Um, people who blame a lot, you know, like it's everybody else's fault but theirs, those people who have a harder time forgiving. Um, one of the things that predisposes people to forgive, it appears, is some kind of sincere religious or spiritual affiliation, like where they, they actually believe that they have some kind of responsibility to either their, their path or, you know, the God, so to speak. And, and it, it, you know, there's just you just get the sense that there's people who go through this life more easily than other people, that they just they're just not racking up complaints and they're not keeping negative score and they're just they just go through it easier. And those people appear to forgive more easily. And, and I can't tell you what causes that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think one of the things that. Uh, causes many of us to struggle so much is we often confuse what forgiveness is with what it's not. Can you expand mm-hmm. upon that a little bit? What What is forgiveness and what is it not? Yeah, I, you just picked up something that's at the heart of actually what what is taught about forgiveness, that one of the things that does stop so many people from forgiving is that they really don't know what it is and they're confused about it and they think it means that, you know, if I forgive somebody, I, I never can be, you know, frustrated or angry again. What, what, what forgiveness is, is a sense that, you know, life happened, it was painful, and it's not necessarily anybody's fault after a while, and I have to figure out how to live a successful life, including what happened to me. So it's a kind of making peace with life's difficulties. What it's not is necessarily you don't have to reconcile or, you know, jump back in and tell the person who is harmful to you that you love them. And it's not it has nothing to do with whether you take somebody to court like you can forgive them and still, you know, take them to court and say, hey, you owe me. And and it has nothing necessarily to do with a sense of that you've you know, you've forgotten what happens. It's just that you remember what happened without, you know, saying that that person's or that pain is responsible for how my life goes now. Like, you've let go of that. And I always find that a lot easier to say than actually do when, you know, when someone will say you let that go. But what happens when you 
whenever you do think of the thing, the hurt happens again. Like, how does one begin? Because I think that's a part of why a lot of people have trouble with this. They will want to forgive, but when they think of whatever the hurt was and it, it causes pain all over again, how do you begin to release that? Well, I mean, that, that's, that's taking a kind of passive sense of what it is that causes pain. And, you know, in a, in a more active or truthful role, it's not just the hurt comes back, but it comes back with cognitions that say, this is terrible, or that's a lousy human being, or this shouldn't have happened to me, or that's unfair. So there's usually a charge to how it comes back, and that charge is what makes us unhappy. So if the image came back or the remembrance came back and we just said, hmm, okay, there's some pain, I'm going to watch it for a minute and then it'll go away, or boy, I'm going to use this pain to remember how much pain other people are in, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to get developed compassion then then there's nothing to forgive. There's just, you know, a memory with some useful way of dealing with it. What what happens if we don't have a useful way of dealing with it or we continue our habitual negativity, then the pain comes back and we have blame and outrage again. And so we're creating that. It's not it's not the experience. We're creating that in the moment that it returns. And so that's what has to be worked on to help people forgive. And one of the things you also mentioned in your book, the book, by the way, is called Forgive for Good, A Proven Prescription for Health and Happiness. Um, you talk about um, taking things too personally. How does that relate to our ability to forgive? Well, you know, every, whatever, like, let's say, somebody has a husband who lied and cheated on them. For a while, you have to take it personally. You know, it's like you have to deal with the, the horror of it and the pain and the loss. So it's your husband who, who lied to you or me. But after a while, it's just got to be, well, this is what happens. You know, people cheat and lie. I mean, people mistreat each other. It happens all over the place. It's like, you know, this is just part of life. And so going from that personal, it's all about me, to this is what life is like, that's getting out of the personal. When people stay stuck, it's because they stay stuck in the personal, that it's just about what happened to me. They don't, they don't ever develop a wider lens. And so the stuckness is from never having developed that wider lens. Is that a part of the, the grievance story that you talked about? The grievance story emerges from that. It's, 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 a, it's an outgrowth of that. Like we tell a story, which I'm just calling a grievance story, to lock in place the problem from a certain perspective. So if you've had a bad wife and, you know, it's five years later, but you can still talk about the bad wife. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just making this stuff up. But you can still talk about the bad wife in a certain way that locks her into who she was five years ago. Like, you know, she lied, she cheated, she still. But that's not necessarily who she is now. So a grievance story is a way of talking about something or thinking about something in a way that um, 
makes it seem solid and true when it was just a period in time. Oh, very interesting. Um, we're going to um, take a short break. We'll be back after a few words from our sponsors. And when we return, we will talk more about the topic of forgiveness, but we're going to look at some of the strategies that may help us to forgive for good. Dr. Diane A. Thompson is an author, a dynamic speaker, and a workshop leader. If you would like to hire her to speak at your event, please visit www.drdianethompson.com. Also, sign up for updates and for her free ebook on stress at www.drdianethompson.com. That's www.drdianethompson.com. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, you are listening to Health Talk, and my guest today is Dr. Fred Luskin. He is the co-founder and director of the Stanford University Forgiveness Project, and he's the author of the book, Forgive for Good, A Proven Prescription for Health, and happiness. And uh, Dr. Leskin, um, one of the things, and we, we hear this all the time, that uh, forgiveness is good for our health. In fact, in your book, you mentioned that um, holding a grudge is hazardous to our health. Can you talk a little bit more about the relationship between forgiveness and health? In, in its most simple terms, Non-forgiveness or remembering something with a hostile or an anxious or a resentful edge pours lots of stress chemicals into the body. I mean, that, that's really what happens. So if I remember like how bad my mother was at this moment, um, I'm going to remember it with adrenaline and cortisol and all sorts of other, you know, harmful chemicals. And those, over time, wear away vulnerable parts of our body. I mean, it's just the, the stress response is triggered every time we remember somebody that hurt us that we haven't come to peace with. I mean, that, that, that's just what it is. We haven't come to peace with something, so it gets remembered as a threat. And, and so when that is habitual... It causes damage, and, and usually the way stress damages things is the most vulnerable organ or the most vulnerable part of the body after a while starts to break down. So for some people, it could be musculoskeletal. For some, it could be cardiovascular. For some, it could be either immune function, whatever it is. But the stress response affects almost the whole body. When you forgive, you cut out that stress but if you add to that some modest form of beneficence or goodwill, then you've added positive chemicals to the mix, not just gotten rid of negative chemicals. And that can be very, very powerful. And, and as you mentioned, we, I think on many levels, we do know that this is good for us to do. But what is it that you Think that causes us to have such challenge with forgiving because we know it's best for our health to do this. But why, why do we struggle with this so much? People don't like to um, be humbled, and and often when we've been hurt, we've been humbled, like somebody put one over on us or took advantage of us, and we don't like that. 
The second and probably more powerful aspect of it is we hate being reminded of how vulnerable we are in this world. We just hate it. And so forgiveness is a significant reminder that there's lots of stuff that happens that can be even painful that we have no control over. And again, that's one of those things that that we just hate to acknowledge. Then, you know, the both forgiveness and unforgiveness are natural. Like they're both they're both normal parts of life. There there are times when you absolutely want to be forgiving. And there are times when you don't. And, you know, so they're both built into us. We just have to figure out, and this is challenging, to figure out when's the moment to keep our guard up and when's the moment to let it go. And and the, the, that takes effort. And, and it's often easier to just do the, the easy thing, which is to blame somebody or make them a terrible person and then leave it at that. Hmm. Now, one of the things that you you talk about in your book is the the stages of becoming a forgiving person. I wonder if you could share with us some techniques or strategies for people who are really struggling with uh, forgiving. What are some of the things we can start to do right now to get ourselves to a place where we're more of a forgiving person? Well, the first and most important is to stop complaining about what happened to you. That if some time has passed and and you've told like, you know, 10 people what an SOB that this person was, it is probably in your best interest to not do that again. And And that is really challenging. But if there was one piece of advice, it would be put a sock in your mouth the next time you're tempted to bitch about what somebody did to you. Now, that that sounds kind of crude, but what it's actually saying is you're creating different pathways. Like you're stopping this pathway of negativity and you're saying, I'm going to try something else. And then your brain gets a chance to practice different things. So, but it's the stopping of the habitual response of this is awful and I need to tell everybody about it. That frees up the capacity to do something else. Now, another thing that we can do, which is really helpful, is to, when we feel upset, practice stress management qualities that get rid of that upset. And that's that's the other thing that people don't tend to do as much, which is, like, when you're upset, instead of just staying stuck and being upset, what you want to do is breathe into your belly and relax it or Think of something wonderful or take a brief walk or just look out at the trees. Do something so that you get the adrenaline out of your system. And and that's that's very powerful. And the third simple technique that I teach, and you referred to it a little before as the grievance story, is you have to find a different story to tell about what happened. You have to come up with a story where it's not poor you. That there just has to be a story which is truthful, but it's not just, oh my God, this is so terrible, why did it happen to me, blah, 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 blah. Because that story is actually after a while which keeps us trapped. Not what happened, but the way we talk about it. And so much of our forgiveness education is about training people in how to do these things, you know, some training in, okay, 
stop complaining. Now what? Make sure the next 10 times you remember how terrible your grandmother was. Instead of just being stuck there, take a few deep breaths, think about it, you know, open, quiet down, and do so without adrenaline. Those are, those are qualities. And then longer term, really come up with a different story. Really come up with something that you can talk about, which doesn't keep you trapped as a victim. Those are really, really great advice. I mentioned earlier that um, your book is my favorite on the subject of forgiveness, and I wasn't kidding. I actually picked up this book some time ago when I realized I was having trouble forgiving uh, someone, and the, the thing that helped me most was to stop complaining. There were a couple of people who would just encourage that complaining, and they would. It, it was such a dysfunctional thing. And when I stepped away from that, that was one of the best things I could have done because I did not get to continue partaking in this story and you know complaining and having them supporting my complaints. And it was it was just a great thing to step away from that. So I think these are really really great advice. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about. Um, the training that you do, is this type of training available for people out there who who are really looking for help in this area? No, only in the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm. Um, I mean, I've been invited to do workshops and stuff in different parts of the country, but um, that's on an episodic basis. But here, say, at, at the university, you know, a few times a year I teach public classes on forgiveness. So, you know, 40 people will show up and they'll take my class and they'll, they'll learn how to forgive. And I, I have taught it to undergraduate students here. Um, but I, I don't, you know, it's, it's not available, um, you know, nationally. That's not been mm-hmm. something I've ever had the energy or the, the disposition to do. Well, certainly, I, I'm sure for some people it may be a worthwhile trip because, certainly, you know, there, this is really something that people struggle with. But, of course, your book is there, and there's a lot of helpful information in there, so that's certainly one place for people to start. Now, I usually love to leave my listeners with a tip of the week. And so my question for you, you know, we talk about uh, learning to forgive someone. Often, though, we never really learn how to forgive ourselves. So what mm-hmm. step, what, what do you think is probably the most important or the, the single most important step someone could take if they're having trouble forgiving themselves? You know, I, I would give you two simple strategies. Is one, be gentle on oneself, cultivate compassion towards oneself, because everybody screws up everybody and and there's no other way to be a human being and there's no other way to learn but to make mistakes so the first is like again it's not that you minimize what you did but you recognize it as something normal and and then the second piece and this is you know straight from the 12 step programs whatever harm you have done make amends like making amends is so much more important than how you feel about something. Like when I come in and tell people tell me I feel terrible about what I did, I don't care. Like that that has no interest to me how they feel about it. What matters to me is did they do something to make it right? 
And, and that's the most important thing we can do about self-forgiveness is whatever harm we have done, even if it's towards ourselves, it's what behaviors and actions and words can we do to make it right, to make it better, to, to pay it back, to pay it forward. I don't know, whatever it is, but that's where we want our energy to be. And, and that solves a lot of problems is, you know, just do right. Like, you know, so tell somebody you're sorry or tell your kids you didn't, you know, whatever it is, just do something. Being stuck in the feeling uh, to me means almost nothing. So do something about it. I mean, this is all such uh, great advice. Uh, Dr. Luskin, thank you so much for being on the show. How can our listeners contact you or learn more about your book? Um, learningtoforgive.com is my website. So I encourage everyone to go to that website, and I seriously encourage you to really get this book. I, as I said before, Forgiveness is one of the things I struggled with, and I think I picked up about five different books on the on the subject. And really, this was one that resonated with me. I, I really learned so much, and it gave me concrete and, and really tangible skills that I could use, and I really saw the effect uh, immediately. So um, I encourage people to pick up the book and, and check out Dr. Luskin's website. Thank you again for coming on the show, Dr. Luskin. You're very welcome, Diane. Thank you for having me. Okay, take care. I also want to thank uh, you, the listeners, for listening listening in every week. I know you could be elsewhere, so I'm, I'm very grateful that you continue to come here each week to learn something new. And I know that you've learned something new. You've learned a new way to approach forgiveness, and I really hope that you put some of these strategies into practice. I mean, maybe this is the week you will make amends or you will learn to forgive yourself or learn to forgive someone else. As always, I encourage you to take good care of yourself. Remember, your health is your wealth. So do something healthy this week. And please go to my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson and let me know what you think. And as always, I encourage you to have a fabulous week and stay healthy. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. Please join us every other Sunday on Blog Talk Radio at blogtalkradio.com slash Dr. Diane Thompson at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have missed any part of this broadcast, would like to listen to past shows, or would like our free ebook on stress, please visit www.drdianethompson.com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. Remember, your health is your wealth. So do something healthy today.